Hey there, and happy Earth Day. I'm releasing today's episode on Earth Day. I thought I'd do something a little bit special today. So I'm going to interview myself and just talk about how I became passionate about sustainability, why I care about this. And I'm also going to share five reasons that I am optimistic on Earth Day. After talking with 17 experts and friends and getting some new perspectives, I'm feeling a little bit better. If you've heard any of the episodes, you know that I'm not always very optimistic about this, but it's getting better. I think things are really changing. So I'm going to give you five reasons why I'm optimistic. The episode is a little bit different today, and I hope you enjoy it. It's really fun for me to put together. So let's dive in. You're listening to the Half Hippie Podcast with Tara Milo. I'm a half hippie, half princess, cat mom, city girl, introvert, and entrepreneur. I don't fit into a box, and you don't either, but I'm committed to making the world a better place through my lifestyle and my business. I love talking about sustainability because I know that you can make a positive difference without giving up the things you love. Here on the Half Hippie Podcast, we're talking about sustainability and entrepreneurship. We'll share stories about what makes us all half hippie and what our other half does to make a positive impact in the world. Let's go. All right, let's do this. So first, I want to talk about how I got interested and passionate about the planet and the environment and all the things that make me a half hippie. Uh, Because it's something that people ask me about a lot. So it's actually a funny story. It kind of started with my dog, like my childhood dog. I loved her so much and she loved everything. She loved other animals. She loved people. She loved everything. So of course, I couldn't imagine eating my dog. And if I ate an animal, then I was eating my dog's friend and I felt terrible about that. So I couldn't do that either. So it all just kind of started with her and I don't know, noticing the way she interacted with the world and how she just loved everything. And I didn't want to be part of destroying that world. So it kind of all started from there. Uh, I never enjoyed eating meat. So, you know, becoming a vegetarian at 17 was so easy for me. Uh, I just had to declare it to my parents and that was the end of that um but since then you know even since childhood I've I've studied and I've learned and I've seen stories about the people who grow and pick our food and the people who make our clothes and the way animals are treated when we grow them for meat or for dairy or whatever else And I just don't want to be part of that. Like, I just can't be part of those industries that are having a negative effect on people's lives and on animals' lives. I don't know. So that's kind of where it all starts for me is I I want to have a lower impact or a better impact on other people's lives. Even though sometimes I think people, I don't know, feel like it's, snobby or stuck up or posh or whatever to eat organic food also my skin is very sensitive it's sensitive to dairy it's sensitive to 
pesticides. So my skin does better if I eat organic food. But really for me, the priority is the people who pick and grow that food. They're exposed to those chemicals all day long. And so if I can increase the demand for organic food, then people aren't exposed to those pesticides all day long. And a lot of times those people are immigrants or lower paid people that aren't as valued in our economy and in our society. So they might not have the protection that they need to keep themselves safe from the pesticides. And the same thing goes with the clothing industry. There's so many pesticides that are sprayed on cotton as it's growing. And then people pick that cotton to make our clothes and they're exposed to those pesticides and their children, like the damage is showing up in those people's children. It's having, it's creating birth defects that are just insane. So I don't want to be part of any of that. But I like to have good solutions for things, right? I don't like to just point out a problem. So the solution for me, the solution to, you know, feeling guilty and not wanting to eat animals is that I eat vegan food. And it tastes incredible. As I've said before, there's no sacrifice here. Like my food is so delicious. And when it comes to clothes, I get all my clothes at the thrift store. And that way I can buy whatever clothes I want. And I don't feel guilty about any of it, regardless of where it's made, because I'm giving that piece of clothing a second life. I never feel guilty about it. So, um, Yeah, I like that solution and I make it fun for myself. When I go to the thrift store, I usually set an intention. I make it a challenge. I make it fun to try to find this specific thing or kind of find this trend and and get that from the thrift store. So that's how I got into all of this. It started with my dog and then it just grew to an awareness of the people on the planet. And when we talk about waste, you know, a lot of our garbage is shipped to third world countries and dumped in landfills in their country. And it's our garbage. And I don't like to be part of that either. So I like to reduce my consumption and my garbage because I just don't think it's fair that we dump our garbage in other people's countries. So that's where it all (laughs) starts for me. And I don't like to make people feel guilty. This is just me. This is how I live. We're all doing our best. I like to live as an example and like show people how easy and fun and simple it can be. But if you're not here yet, I'm not here to make you feel guilty. That's kind of the idea of Half Hippie too. Like we can all do a little bit. Of course, there are some things that I, I don't like about the sustainability movement, like a lot of the labels, like the label vegan. I prefer the label plant-based. I think that's much better. I think it makes more sense for a lot of people because basically you're saying that what you eat is based on plants and then you can have some flexibility and you can add in some other things. That makes sense, right? It's not so much pressure to meet the standard of vegan. It makes sense to have that clarity at a restaurant, but for the rest of us, for humans, I think we can all be a little more plant-based. Anyway, that's where it all started for me. And now I thought since it's Earth Day, I would share some reasons that I'm optimistic. Since I've been doing this podcast and I've been learning from so many people, 
I've got five reasons that I am feeling more optimistic. That's great because if you've heard any of the episodes, you know that I'm not always the optimistic one. Okay, so reason number one that I'm more optimistic is because of technology. There is so much cool technology right now that is helping clean the oceans, clean the air, clean land, clean everything, and also technology that's helping us use less energy and less plastic and and all of that great stuff. So that technology is giving me hope. And actually, if you follow on Instagram, follow Half Hippie Podcast, I'll share a bunch of uh, cool technology and companies that I think are doing cool stuff. Um, I'll share that throughout the week and you can learn about some of these fun new things too. I try to do that all the time, but I'll make that the focus this week. But we have two problems, right? We need to clean up the mess we've made and we need to stop making such a big mess. And I think technology is going to be able to solve both of those problems for us. We've got some things that are cleaning the ocean, which is so cool. And there's some carbon capture technology that is going to help us slow down or stop or even reverse climate change uh, because of carbon emissions. So really, really cool stuff. If you haven't read Bill Gates' book, um, I just started it. I, I think it's really good and really helpful for explaining all of this in terms that everybody can understand. And why did Bill Gates write a book about it? Because he has access to the smartest people on earth. So he asked people, what are the solutions for this? What else are the problems? Like what's going on? And his book is called How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. So check that out if you can. It talks a lot about the technology and there's some really cool stuff going on. Okay, number two reason that I'm feeling more optimistic is actually all about you, all about like people who aren't like me, but who are making a big difference, a bigger difference than I can make. For example, I've got a little story to go with this one. I was talking with my neighbor and he was telling me that, you know, we were talking about um, meat substitutes like the Impossible Burger and Beyond Meat, stuff like that. And those meat substitutes are being sold in fast food chains, which is really exciting. That is so cool. And he felt like, and a lot of people feel like they're selling that for vegans to make vegans happy. And the vegans were saying, we're not going to eat that because you're grilling it on the same grill as the meat. And it's going to taste like meat. It's going to have gristle. It's going to be gross. We're not eating that, which I totally understand as a vegan. I don't want to eat meat. It's gross. It hasn't been in my body for 30 years. I don't want it. So I totally get what they're saying. But his argument was that if the vegans refuse to eat the meat, this uh, meat substitute at the fast food restaurants, then the fast food restaurants won't sell it anymore and we'll be stuck with animal meat and that will have a negative impact on the environment. Therefore, slippery slope, uh, the vegans are killing the environment. So that was the argument. But let me tell you a couple of things. We've got some fun critical thinking going on here. Number one, it doesn't sound like this is a very optimistic story, but here's why it's optimistic. is because 
0.5% of the population of the United States is vegan. 0.5%. We are not making an economic impact on fast food restaurants. We just aren't. That's the fact. And it's 3.2% of Europe is vegan. Again, a little bigger population, but not enough to drive any economic change or anything. We like to think we're really important, but come on, 0.5% fast food restaurants are not trying to cater to our needs. What makes me optimistic about that is that they are providing that meat substitute because everyone else wants a meat substitute. They want to try it. They want it to be easier to eat less meat. So if I go to a fast food restaurant that has the one of these um, meat substitutes, it's not going to be a great experience for me because they're probably going to use mayonnaise and that wouldn't be vegan mayonnaise and they probably want to use cheese. I love cheese on a burger, but I use vegan cheese. They probably don't have vegan cheese. So it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be a great experience for me. But for other people who just want to try not having a burger, they get to try this meat substitute, which is awesome. That is what makes me optimistic is that this change is being driven by everyone else. It's incredible. I don't know. I'm so excited about that. So if you ever hear or when you hear, because it does happen more often than it should, that vegans are destroying the world. Like there was an article a few years ago, I think it was in The Guardian that was trying to say that um, vegans were killing Bolivians basically because we're eating so much quinoa that we're crippling the the Bolivians and they're not able to eat their food and blah, blah, blah. But again, vegans make up 0.5% of the population. We're not doing anything to anybody. <laughs> like the animals that we don't eat, those lives are being saved and that's better. But the rest of it, we're not having a negative impact. So when you hear those stories, I want you to remember <laughs> it's 0.5% of the population. The reason that there was an increased demand in quinoa and there's, you know, imitation meat or meat substitutes being sold at fast food restaurants is because people want alternatives to protein. We, we hear about protein all the time. Protein is not like a thing, like animals aren't made of protein. Like they actually eat greens and grow up and are big and strong and blah, 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 without eating protein. They eat grass, basically. Anyway, protein is made up of 23 essential amino acids, and you actually have to have greens in order to absorb that protein into your body. But I digress. The reason that quinoa and meat substitutes and protein substitutes are rising in demand is because everybody wants access to that. Not just the vegans, the 0.5% of the population. So just keep that in mind when you hear that vegans are destroying the planet because we're really not. We're trying our best. We don't do everything perfectly, but we're not destroying the planet. And you guys, the non-vegans, you guys are the ones who are making the big change because you're demanding good stuff. You're demanding the meat substitutes and I'm just so thrilled. I'm so thrilled. I'm proud of you. I'm excited. I think it's absolutely amazing. So thank you, thank you, thank you for making me optimistic. 
it doesn't ha- you don't have to be a full hippie a full vegan whatever you can be plant-based you can be a half hippie and make a big difference so thank you Okay, the third thing that is making me optimistic, as I've said in a lot of episodes, is the younger generation. They are demanding action, accountability, they're demanding innovation, they are demanding that we care and that we do something about the planet. And not just for self-preservation for themselves, but I think they actually care. And they are the employees that are pressuring their employers to make a difference and they are consumers and they're going to pressure companies to do better. And that's what I love. I'm so proud, so excited about the younger generation. They absolutely inspire me because they're demanding this stuff and they're not going to sit back and let us continue to destroy the planet. So, oh, I love them. I love them. I can't get enough of their energy and that. It's all good stuff. Okay, number four, the fourth thing that is making me excited and optimistic about the future is B Corp companies. Actually, there are a growing number of companies that are trying to become B Corp. And so the difference is most companies... Uh, have a financial obligation to their stockholders. They are required to make a profit or to do everything they can to make a profit for their stockholders. But B Corp companies have an obligation to the planet as well as stockholders or shareholders. They have an obligation to stakeholders. And stakeholders are the community, the planet, and the stockholders. That's stakeholders. We all have a stake in this, right? Like that's kind of the phrase. We all have a stake in this. And that's the the idea about B Corps. And they focus on the three Ps, people, planet, and profit. So they're taking care of those people who grow and make our food and grow and make our clothes. And they take care of the planet. They're trying to be more responsible to our resources and they also make a profit because as I said the younger generation are the employees and the consumers so more and more people are buying things and investing in companies and businesses that are making a real difference for the planet so B Corp companies you guys are inspiring me so much so much very very cool And the fifth reason that I'm optimistic is that it's getting less and less expensive to reduce your impact on the planet, to reduce your energy consumption, to reduce your plastic consumption, your waste, all of that stuff, you know, to to buy reusable products and to use renewable energy is getting less expensive and money rules. So... That financial incentive is making a difference and it's going to be huge. But it's actually more expensive now to use coal than to use solar power or wind power. That's going to change a lot of people's minds. So that makes me optimistic too. I think that's about it. 
So I hope you'll join me. Like I said, on Instagram, I'll be sharing some of my favorites and some highlights and some stories and information and stuff that you can follow and learn more about sustainability and the half hippie lifestyle and how fun and possible it is. Oh, I should mention something I wish I was doing better for the planet. This is my favorite question to ask other people. And my first answer on the Half Princess episode was about taking cold showers, which I still wish I could do, but I can't. Um, But since talking with other people, I also wish I was composting because I do throw away a lot of food waste just from onion peels or, you know, whatever, like from fruits and vegetables. I should be composting. I live in an apartment, which does make it a little bit trickier, but I know people are doing it. So I could be composting and that's what I wish I was doing better for the planet. I would love to know what you wish you were doing. You can comment on Instagram, send me a message and let's hold each other accountable. Let's take some action for the planet. I hope you enjoyed this episode, kind of a mini episode, but I thought it'd be fun on Earth Day to celebrate some good things that are happening. And I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. If you have, please subscribe. It's free to subscribe wherever you listen and share it with a friend. You can send it to them from within whatever app you use to listen. Just send it to your friend and say, hey, this is cute or fun, or I think you would like this. I don't know. That would mean so much to me if you would share it with your friends. That's really going to help me grow and keep going. So thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this and I'll catch you soon.